right, y'all already know what it is. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Third Intermission Podcast. This is your boy Dave, uh, sign and rack on. Welcome once again to another episode with the boy, uh, if with the mandem, excuse me. I got, I got my squad with me here. Of course, uh, we are missing one one of our uh, one of our teammates here, but uh, we hope he gets some rest and hopefully he gets better. Uh, Jordan and Reese, uh, let them know what's good, boys. What up, what up? Season starts tomorrow, 113. 1-0. We'll call it out right now, 1-0. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the only energy allowed out here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, if there's only one team from Toronto that's allowed to play in this damn country, um, mm-hmm. then the Leafs have no reason to not flourish, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're, I feel like they're probably going to do better because there's not going to be fans there. But yeah, we'll absolutely. see what's on. But yeah, it's a it, it's a new season. We have a man like Wayne. You already know what it is. You already know. You already know energy on the squad on the Leaf them. So that's mm-hmm. something that I am looking forward to. So no, oh. trust Hockey's me, back baby. Hockey is back, and of course, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, and you can follow us on Instagram at third i n t t o. You can also check out our links on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. I mean, if you got a free Spotify link, or like yo, if you want to hook up the man, damn, just like yo, reach out to your bro, reach out to your boys, and let them know, let them know to listen to us, man. Yo, talk to your fans, talk to your fam, talk to your girl, them, talk to your man, them, like yo. Reach out and make sure that you are you we're known we're known in the ends, man. Make sure we're known in the streets. Make sure we're known at your office too. I mean, yeah, we'll cuss and, uh, and everything, but like, um, try to keep us to a minimum. You know what I mean? Anyways, mm. um, <laughs> anyways, boys. Uh, now the now the hockey's back and we cannot wait any much longer. Uh, we got a special surprise for y'all today. Uh, we got somebody here. All the way out from Alberta, aka the Texas of Canada. Um, this is actually our first guest, guys, and you know what? I'm very excited to do this. Uh, this is our first interview here, and we hope you all have listening to this man. Uh, he's a very funny dude, very knowledgeable dude. Guys, done his ho- guys done his homework, and he's got a little bit of a resume to himself. But, um, anyways. Uh, enough blowing hot air. Uh, enough blowing hot air in, in this man's head. Uh, I'll let him do the talking himself. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hockey fans of all ages, uh, coming to you live from Edmonton. We got ourselves a homeboy out here. His name is Avery Lewis McDougal. Avery, say what it is to the mandem. Ah, ah, ah. What to do, boys? Thanks for the intro. I'm glad to be here. And the first guest on the podcast, it is an honor, gentlemen. Yo, the pleasure's all ours, man. Like, yo, we're really happy to have you here. And we're really happy that, like, you're just kind of just jumping in on the bandwagon. So, like, real real talks. Thank you very much for coming through. Uh, Outside of McDavid, the most important man in Edmonton. (laughs) Listen, I'm not even going to front. Avery, you're the... First black person I ever heard of of being out there in Edmonton. So shout out to you. you really? Know, you know, yo, usually all of all the black people they all reside in Calgary. I don't know black people. I don't know. Yeah, yo, trust me. That's yo. That's not. That's not even a lie. That's a fact. That's an actual yo, fact. Yo, Edmonton. Edmonton got bear trinies, bear Jamaicans, what? bear Ghanaians, bear Nigerians. Yeah. yeah. 
Wait, y'all have Fetz? Y'all have Fetz? The biggest, no one will lie, gentlemen. The biggest Caribbean Carnival in Western Canada is in Edmonton. It's called Cary West. Wow. Wow. Y'all pulling out 2022. 2022, guy. Yo, Cary West, let's go. Y'all heard it here first. You guys have been in hiding. No one has said Yo, no one has told us anything like that, man. Like, literally, I never knew that Edmonton had it like that. That's crazy. That is crazy. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, well, looks like we're making a trip to Edmonton still. I mean, Reese, if you can get across the border, like, yo, come through. Uh- <laughs> we'll see how long this summer's last first. He was telling me about minus 40 degree wind chill. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. If oh, you thought we were going in the winter. You're cute. <laughs> You're cute. I know about Edmonton. Yo, winter is in, in, in the prairies? Are you dumb? Like, I'm yeah, it's here. a nightmare yeah, and a half, man. Like, yo, I've spent oh, summers yeah. in the in the Rockies, guys. Summers yeah. in the Rockies are oh, fire. I'm touching down at like 3 p.m. I don't, I don't even trust the early morning. <laughs> I need that peak heat. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm not. Wow. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not. Go- I'm not going to the prairies in the winter. That's yo. I don't show you. I'm not doing it's be that. Be for me, big. Yo, dog. Like yo, you'll 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 end up going insane right after that, man. That's that's just too much. It's way too much. Avery was telling me before the show started about, or was that you, David, about protective gloves? <laughs> protective gloves. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the hater eat is real. Um. Okay. All right, Avery, uh, let us know a little bit about yourself, man. Um, run the bio for us. All right, I'll, I'll run the bio. Okay, I have been involved in sports media since I was 15 years old. Started my own podcast called Avery Sports Show. That's aired now for 12 years. I've had guests on my show uh, like Warren Moon. I've had uh, Mike Madonna on, Donovan Bailey. This goes on and on. I've covered NBA events. I've covered NFL events, MLB events, the Pan Am Games. Women's World Cup, uh, World Cup of Hockey. I've done a lot of events, and I think about episode episode number six hundred and twenty or so right now. I've done a lot of work all across Canada. I've done work in Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Ottawa. I've even done work down in Las Vegas before. So I've been out here, guys. I've been out here doing a lot of stuff for different platforms. Also, last year I was on a TV show talking rugby weekly on Sky Sports in the UK. Wow. That's amazing. That, very, yo, that's intense. Sport. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, Look at you, Look at you man. Where you know, Representation is key. It so really man, is. Man's really out there. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Avery, where can where can the man them and the gal them try and find you? <laughs> First of all, you can find my all my content on on Twitter. Avery Avry is my Twitter account. You'll find Avery Sports Show. That's on SoundCloud.com slash Avery Sports. You can also find my other podcast, The Brian Avery Hour, also on SoundCloud and Spotify. We do it weekly. And my other show, The Brian Avery Hour, we've been doing that for about two years. And actually, I'll tell you guys a funny story quickly here about The Brian Avery Hour. We did that. We launched that show in 2018, myself and my partner, Brian Bardco. We did about seven episodes of our show at a restaurant in Edmonton through a friend of Brad's who owned a restaurant. And it was in the summertime. So we figured, you know what? Let's see if we can apply for an NHL award credentials just for fun. We applied for them thinking, you know what? We're a brand new show. We're not going to get them. Two weeks later, I'm at home having breakfast. I see in my email, 
you've been approved for the NHL award credentials. We had done seven shows. Wow. The shock on my face seeing that was ridiculous. Mm. I was blown away. But then that night we had hotels booked. We were in Vegas uh, next week, interviewed PK Subban, interviewed a bunch of coaches, went to the NHL Awards after party, which was ridiculous. There's a picture on my Twitter of myself, my boy Brad, PK, and Lindsey Vaughn. We had a great night. That was a fun event. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, and I, I love hearing stories like that because when I tell people, just like, look, it doesn't matter how small of an idea like it's just it's, you have an idea if you're passionate about something and you know you put it out there you never you never know who's listening you never know who's watching yeah and it really just takes like you know one opportunity to really take you to the next level to, or bring you places where you have opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't have known to have existed mm-hmm. unless you put yourself out there and you took that risk on yourself you know what exactly I'm that that's so that's amazing, and um, you know, so as somebody who has had uh, a a good extent of media experience, albeit on like you know various various different ways, it's a uh, it's great to see you know a, a fellow black man shining uh, in this industry because there's not a lot of us. So, and especially <laughs> the fact that like you know what you talk about within uh, the context of sports, you know, you're very versatile in terms of what you cover mm-hmm. and hockey is one of those things where we need more of those voices and it's things like you know your platform this platform that we have here with third intermission and hopefully you know branching out to seeing it be more of a norm so it's not like oh there's a there's a bunch of black dudes talking about hockey here it's just like oh no it's a hockey podcast and you're just getting a different perspective on it you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's uh that's 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 a that's a great accomplishment for yourself to have been like you know thriving in this industry and whatnot and uh but we'll get on to that later because i'll probably have more questions about your uh your road travels now of course thank you jordan you know what hey we guys doing the podcast here we're in a time right now this is the best time right now to get involved in podcasting because you know when i was in school i went to school out in alberta for media and it was you know the whole go to get, get your degree um, apply to work in, you know, somewhere like Flint Farm, Manitoba, grind for however many years, you know, and pray and hope that someone sees you for a job. But now you're seeing people out there who are black or of color who are marginalized. They can go on SoundCloud, Spotify. They can go on IG Live and launch your own show and get ahead through newer ways, which didn't exist 10, 15, 20 years ago. And, of course, that is something that we can definitely look forward to. Of course, yes, this pandemic has been a blessing in disguise. Of course, um, this is actually my first creative project. Well, actually, that's a lie. This is my first um, media, uh, my first media-related creative project. I've had a few before in the past, but obviously they haven't really panned out before before COVID obviously hit. So this is this has been a really, really um, significant significant venture for me uh of course asking jordan reese and of course our missing our missing crew our missing crew member darren uh asking these guys to do this podcast with me was a very very uh humbling and very frightening experience for me because it was like you don't know if these guys are actually going to say yes right and obviously you're (laughs) thinking like okay 
Um, what's the worst? They, what's the worst they can say? No, or like, what's the worst they can do? Type of thing. And obviously, literally, no is the worst thing. That's well, it. I mean, like literally. when when you deal with a mental illness, it's like it's very it's one mm. of those things. Where it's like asking somebody to do the smallest thing is like the biggest roller coaster ride of your life, and that's kind of where where, where my head was at when this entire thing happened. So um, obviously, I'm very glad that these guys said yes. And I was freaking out a little bit, but you know what? Like I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be doing this with four, uh, three group, uh, three other guys who I can actually call friends. And you know what? Like it's, it's a very fun experience, and I want to keep going with it. And obviously, I hope that these guys feel the same way. Um, and of course, this is kind of this has kind of been one of those. This is one of those episodes where like I'm really excited to see what potential we have and where we can grow with things. You know what I mean? So Avery, really and truly, thank you very much for coming through. Honestly, it's it's a huge honor to have you as a, as, as a guest for one and two with the extensive knowledge that you have. Uh, we can not only pick your brain, but also chirp you for the fact that you live in Edmonton. So... We- <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is a city where we got great festivals here. The housing is great. We were named recently to the, one, to the top 100 list of best cities to live in in the world. So, hey, we're getting up there. <laughs> All right. All right. So here's how. Can't wait to sign you with Connor McDavid. You guys are a package <laughs> deal. <laughs> you know what? You'll be covering the league you know, soon enough. You know what? That's actually a legit thing. And Reese, you kind of hit the nail on the head on that one. Like, yo, as soon as Connor comes through, like, yo, make sure you book a flight and, like, yo, we'll try and find you a spot somewhere. If we have to find you a spot in Parkdale, we'll we'll do it. Um, <laughs> or like, yo, Jordan, Jordan will host you up in Scarborough. Like, yo, one time. <laughs> First of all, sir, first of all, sir, <laughs> I live in midtown Toronto now. Mm-hmm. I'm still a Scarborough man at heart, but at the same time, listen, Avery, unless you drive, I'm sure you probably do. I don't know if you do. I don't know your transportation transportation situation, but definitely show him the lay of the land of what is there to offer in the borough because the borough is amazing. That is true. Best place in the world, fam. Best place in the whole city, dog. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I mean, if anybody's listing out in like the lower lower west end of the city, say out there like Liberty Village and Parkdale, like don't take offense to that still. But uh Man, man. Yo, dog, 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 Liberty Village yo, Liberty Village is a vibe. Let's be real here. I love Liberty Village, nice. <laughs> All right. So here's how here's how we're gonna break things down today. Um so Jordan, Reese and I we're going to ask a question each, and then, like, we're just going to do a little bit of roulette style here. Um, and then, Avery, if you have a question for us, you're more than welcome to ask us, like, say, in between in between, and everything. And then sure. at the end of, at the end of like, say, this interview, we're going to do a speed round of, like, say, like, personal questions. And, of course, we're also going to test your hockey knowledge, too. So, all right, you ready to do this? Sure, I'm down. All right, perfect. So here's my first question for you. Um... As a as a black man, uh, take it like obviously you've listed off so many different accolades. Of course, you've done so many different things, um, especially in different sports. Like for example, like you just mentioned pre- or previously, you did Sky Sports. You did uh, rugby on Sky Sports. Um, you've also done the NHL awards. You've also covered a, a whole whack load of sports, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, and. My my assumption would be the NFL as well. Um, yes. Let 
let our listeners know along with myself, what is your favorite moment and why? In any sport or like it's a, it's a game that a game that Benji was watched on TV or um, um, what's what's our context for? Like yeah. okay, like let me let me let me be a little more specific. What was your favorite? Where what was your favorite moment while working on your uh, on your show, and why? Favorite moment? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a great question. Who I I will say, in person working, it was probably being at the Women's World Cup in soccer. And seeing Canada beat China one nil on a Christine Sinclair penalty kick to win it, wow! In the World Stadium, because guys, here's the thing: can, can women's soccer in Canada, the following it has is nuts. You can go to a, a Canada home game will sell out no matter what city you're in, be it Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Ottawa. This nation loves the women's national team, and to be on location and to see. Christine score, I swear to you, it was the loudest I've ever heard Commonwealth Stadium be. Even louder than the Edmonton football team game. It was electric. It was deafening. It was about 55,000 fans there. And it was just really the peak of, I think, Canadian soccer in that year in 2015 in a tournament that this, the country loved and host in 2015. Wow. Wow, that's... Sinclair's a badass. She really Sick. is. All right, uh, who's next? Yo, don't all ask at once. I, I want to know about your hockey back. Oh, I was go gonna ahead. say, don't all ask at once, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just wanted to know a little bit about uh, Avery's hockey background. How did you get involved in the sport? And I guess when did you kind of find your turning point a little bit in thinking, okay, I can potentially cover this, I can be good at it, and I can get the following that I have right now. Ooh, okay, my hockey background. Well, I didn't play it. I didn't play uh, hockey. You know, I, I watched it growing up as a kid. I think just as a as a kid who loved sports, it kind of threw osmosis. It was on TV as a kid, so you just fell in love with the game, fell in love with watching the Oilers of the 90s and 2000. But I didn't play it. I, I played basketball growing up, played basketball, lacrosse, baseball, uh, tennis. I was never a great skater. I'm, I'm a bad, bad skater. But just watching on TV, I got involved in the game. And with the podcast, I really – thought I could cover the game well when I started seeing other members of the media respect me and say, hey, you, that was a great interview you did, or that was a great podcast you did. And even when I started seeing players say, hey, I heard your interview with so-and-so, you have a talent for this. When I got affirmation from the players and other peers, that was when I knew, hey, this is really going to be a thing I can pull off as a career one day. That's awesome. That's, that's amazing. And you know, it's crazy only in Canada or maybe not just Canada, but from at least from what I've seen, there could just be uh, that connection to the game, even if you played it or not, just because it's Canada's pastime. Hockey Night mm -hmm. in Canada, it's on every Saturday or Sportsnet shows some really good games, really good players. And you're just like, this is it for me. And what, mm -hmm. whether you played at the lowest level, highest level or not at all, uh, that that's just amazing to hear. And I just wish the game had a little more access so we could have more than just one Avery over here, maybe 30, 40. Because <laughs> I, I see, and, and I, I just see how the game is covered. And we had a good conversation uh, before shooting this, uh, just the way about the game is covered. So go into that a little bit. What makes your style a little different um, with the way that you approach the game and how you see the game versus maybe how that they cover the game um, from a traditional 
sense of hockey media? Hmm. That's a very good question, Reese. Look at you. Look at you growing. All in my face, man. You growing up. I'm just trying to get like y'all, man. That's no, no, shut up. You, you do, you doing your own thing. This is good, man. That's a great question. I appreciate it, bro. That's awesome. You know how I see the game. I, I am much more of a storyteller. I really care more about a player's background, how a player got to where they are, than say. Um, looking at the stats and numbers. I mean, I can I can analyze stats and numbers. That's not my niche. That's not my thing. I've always been more about talking about the player's background, their story. Like, I love hearing about how a player got up through the ranks of the AHL, um, college hockey, junior hockey. And that was what set me apart. And even more, I would even just talk to players when I was younger about, hey, uh, when I used to cover the um, the CHL, junior hockey, if, I, if there was a player, because this is, you're talking about 17, 18-year-olds. They're not really, for the most part, they don't really know how to have a personality for their reporters. They're very robotic to an extent. If I would talk to a guy who played for the Empton Oil Kings to break the ice, I would say, hey, I see you're in NHL 14, you suck. Instant laughter. Instant laughter saying the NHL 14 rating was, was terrible. And I would get them talking about, you know, what it's like to be in a video game. And then we might get into, you know, how their performance was playing against um, Vancouver, whatever team. I care more about the person than the player because end of the day, these players, you know what, guys? No matter if you're Connor McDavid, John Tavares, Wayne Simmons, whoever, whoever, end of the day, they eat, they sleep, they take dumps, you know, they go, they do whatever they've got to do, just like you <laughs> and I. <right? laughs> Good way to put it. Wow. <laughs> they take dumps too. Nice. <laughs> And and here's the thing, and uh, just doubling back to like you know what uh what Reese is saying, and and Avery, I feel you on the storytelling part because as someone who, uh, you know, in my profession, so I'm a video editor, right? So mm. I'm all I'm all about storytelling. That's just yeah. like you know what I enjoy doing. It's not always about the flash. It's about okay, what can you take from all of this content, and like you know what is the story that you can tell out of it. So I understand it from like you know just telling it. And caring about the guys and really presenting a unique a unique perspective for those who are pretty much as casual or even those who are like you know lifelong diehard fans, right? Like, but they they get it from a different vantage point. I think that that's important. Um, but what, going back to what Reese is saying about like you know the way and how the Canadian media treats hockey as if it's like the be all and end all sport in this country so it's it feels like where it should be normal for there to be a wide array of you know black personalities and everything else uh, mm-hmm. to be on tv on radio um in the actual like you know in in the league itself like from uh various positions whether they're gms whether they're players whether just they're just on staff but because hockey is such a traditionally white sport, yeah, they it, it, it that's exactly who it caters to. You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that yeah, it's an expensive sport. So when you're looking at you know black kids growing up in you know whether it's one or two parent households, but that access is not necessarily there unless you live in like you know the suburbs. And even from then, you got to deal with like all the racism and all this other stuff, right? So. There's a reason why, you know, as kids, yeah, we may have played street hockey. We may have played it in school, just like, you know, a little ball hockey, whatever, like exactly. that. But to have the resources, a.k.a. the money, to even participate in the sport, and you have to start from young. 
if you want to get into hockey, you got to get into like you like you know four or five years old, right? And then you got to continue with that, right? So it's just like that's not something that's really feasible. That's why basketball, soccer, you know what I mean? Like those are the dominant sports that we go after because it's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is right here. Football is cheaper Mm -hmm. than hockey, which is wild to me too. But it's just the fact that because hockey is not something that is easily accessible nor attainable, but at the same time, it wasn't presented as a sport for us to be included in. So that's why it's just like, all right, well, that's a white people team. You can deal with all that, you know what I'm saying? And then we'll just be over here dominating other sports where, you know, we're accepted to dominate. Because I'm telling you right now, they start letting a bunch of men in, in the <laughs> NHL. It's going to be a scary sight. Yo, you know no, yo, it's a foreshadowing yeah. moment right yeah. here. Like, yo, it, like you heard it here first. We're, we're taking the sport over, man. Like, yo, we took over basketball. I mean, I can't take credit for that because Chris Rock said it in 2004 and never scared. He's like, yo, listen, as soon as they start making heated, heated hockey rinks, we don't see that shit. He was not lying. He was not lying at all. He was not lying. <laughs> he was not lying at all. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I got a question for you here, Avery. Um, so I'm going to take, I'm gonna take yeah, things cool. a little bit serious here for a moment. Um, of course, during the summer, you had to deal. Well, mo- most, if not all, black people had to deal with the deal with the whole Black Lives Matter pro- protests, and of course, the the situation that came up with it afterwards, where the potential uh, the potentiality of like uh, I guess dealing with police brutality, and I guess just how do I put this? Um, understand understanding your blackness came into came into play. Um, how were you able to deal with that personally? Whew, wow. Well, you know, first of all, it was, at first, it was tough to see the NHL kind of ignoring it at first when other leagues were postponing mm-hmm. games, but seeing, seeing players like, you know, uh, Nazem Kadri, Ryan Reese come together, that did make me show that, wow, we're making progress. We got guys who are going to step up for mm-hmm. this cause. But as you know, as a black guy, it was just it was just tough in a way to see hockey at first kind of try and sidestep it and say, you know, it almost doesn't involve us, which is irresponsible when you do have black players and players who have black family members. Like I just didn't like that at all. And credit to Matt Dumba, who took that knee and has been you know, 100 when it comes to um, standing up for black people. Even as an Asian man, he's been standing up for us. He's a person of color mm-hmm. as well, too. But yeah, seeing hockey at first... If you first kind of sidestep it, it kind of hurts because you know, hey, there's so many of us who want to be involved, who want to believe that hockey is for us and the game has our backs, be it you know, be it a player, be it if you're an official, be it if you're a media member. But still, when I saw and you know, in the, the Empton bubble, nearly every player from the Western Conference in that conference room in Rogers Place in Edmonton, which isn't a big room by the way, that doesn't that's not really a big room meant for. 70 mandem it was still big to see i, I appreciate that because there are some players who do get it even if the institution itself is still way behind well that's a very strong mm. answer that's a really good way to put it mm. yeah that's that's a that's a <laughs> great answer that's a great answer because like you know ha- having having to be in that position it's just like 
you know, um, it can be like really challenging and feel yeah. like, you know, you have to be the one with all the answers and stuff like that. And I, I'm, I'm, I feel like all of us in some capacity were put in that kind of situation in 2020. It was just like, okay, yeah. well, you talk and let's listen to you. Like, what are answers? I'm just like, fam. I, I told him the same thing. I'm just like, it's not up to me. It's up to y'all. Like, <laughs> you guys are seeing this for like the first, you guys are really experiencing this for the first mm-hmm. time ever. And you have to like, you know, hold a mirror to yourselves, to your, to your immediate circles, to your families and yeah. be like, oh, so y'all are actually trash. Great. How do we deal with this? So I was like, that's a right? y'all problem. Just like how, how seeing all of these uh, Trump riders getting like, you know, that's where you the planes and things like that. I'm just like, this is fun <laughs> for me. It's just like, hey. Yeah, no. I enjoyed watching you know, that. I enjoyed watching yeah. from flights on the no-fly list. Have fun. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's it, it, it's it's pretty hilarious. The, the just to see just how the world is like kind of uh, turning. Um, I mean, very slowly, but we're seeing some kind of shift. Um, so that's a yeah. positive thing. Um, as as it pertains to. Um, your career ascendance what are some things okay well what is one of the uh most powerful pieces of advice that kept you going and didn't dissuade you from continuing your pursuit uh in with a career in media advice oh wow i'm trying to think what did i really get wow i got that's a good that's a great question i'm trying to think what did i get what advice did I get? Like that is, because I've gotten a lot of advice even before, just in terms of, like during this, I got a lot of advice. I'm trying to think, what's one piece of advice? That wow. I I, I don't I wouldn't, I wouldn't say exactly advice, but I would say it's more just encouragement from people on Twitter. It's more encouragement. I I want to say it's only advice, but just encouragement. Because this past summer, I got I put out videos talking about how we need, need to be better, how we need to improve. And my Twitter following went up. I got direct messages. I got hella comments saying, what you're doing is great. You're speaking up. You're, one of, you're basically saying that hockey can no longer remain silent. And that encouragement it w- is what pushed me forward. Because mm-hmm. it could have been in the total opposite direction. It could have been, you know, shut up, stick to sports. What are you talking about? But I got a lot of encouragement in terms of, you know, it's about time someone in hockey stood up and didn't say sounds anymore about this see and and i think that that's a frustrating thing because yes that's a good thing i'm just like why weren't you guys ever advocates of black people brown people you know asian people to have voices in spaces where you know (laughs) they otherwise were not allowed in (laughs) and they were like kind of suppressed and for a lot of them, like, you know, I, I, I had a lot of, like, you know, text conversations with, like, you know, former coworkers and whatnot. And they're just like, yeah, I just never had an opportunity, like, never had to. Like, they never had to step outside themselves and think about other people. And that's absolutely wild to me. Like, the, imagine having that kind of privilege to just be like, okay, I just have blinders on. Right. I just have to go to work do what I got to do, interact with who I got to interact with. And I don't have to think about the fact that, oh, you know, my black coworkers, they actually don't have the same opportunities as me because of the fact that, you know, it's really hard for them. And I can just, you know, go to high school, 
know someone's friend of a friend whose uncle's third cousin is like you know the president of a team and be like okay i got a job now with benefits and whatever just like that whereas we have to scratch claw like you know cold calls cold emails and just like you know go through that struggle just to get to the same or not lesser place and Mm -hmm. it's just like holy crap it it, it it that was the most frustrating thing for me in 2020 is just hearing all these stories of people just like oh finally understanding what people who don't look like them go through because right. of the fact that they were forced to everyone was at home and then you're seeing all of this exploding all all over the place and it's an, on their computers it's on their phones they can't they can't escape it and it's like oh i actually have to be empathetic right now that's crazy i'm just like yeah, that's crazy. Because yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? So, yeah, that that's a uh, it's 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 something that I think about a lot because, like you know, I look at you know um, young black kids and where they want to you know get into careers in media, and it's very easy for them to just like you know kind of retreat and want to not continue that pursuit mainly because they don't see anybody that they look like in the industry, but they don't get a lot of that encouragement because of the fact that like, you know, they'll probably have family or other friends being like, well, you know, <laughs> look, that that's not an industry for you because you, you know, of all the, the, the obstacles that you're going to have to go through. And some people are not mentally ready. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I need to go through. To go through all those hoops, you know what I'm saying? But that's something that you have to obviously deal with. Yeah. And it also is much so I am blessed because, you know, I come from a background where my parents are both entrepreneurs. So they know the struggles. They know what it's mm-hmm. like to be told no, you're never going to make it. My um, mm-hmm. my dad was an athlete. My dad was into the tri- triple jumper in Kentucky. And my mom was a, um, a fashion model. They started the first urban clothing store in Edmonton back in the 90s. And you got, and back, let me tell you this, guys. Back in the early 90s, there were a ton of black people mm-hmm. in Edmonton, Alberta in the early 90s. And they started an urban clothing store that brought in a lot of international brands to um, the Canadian marketplace. So they know what it was like to you know, be told, oh, this isn't going to work. What are you guys doing? And they made a, a very big success. So mm-hmm. I know what it's like to, you know, I got a strong background, strong foundation in which I had a, I was very headstrong even when I was told, you know, by people in the industry oh you're never gonna make it you're never gonna make it you're you're too short you your voice is too weird your voice is too high a black voice is too weird yeah i know yeah i've been told many times over the years that my voice is not suitable or will not work in sports media it's too high for a man wow what what i've never i've honestly never heard heard some messed up things that's that's messed up man yeah, like you know the undertone Yo, on that me. one that they're thinking in their head. But oh. uh, you you see where you see where you're going with that, eh? It's like yo, I, I remember I used to work on call-in shows on sports stations, and and people would text in saying, "Why is someone squeezing Avery's nuts?" Like they thought, like oh, they wow, thought, what is this? Oh. they thought my voice. Cool. I'm serious. My thing is, you say something about my voice, yo. Yo, we can absolutely, we can yo, absolutely yo. square up. We absolutely, yo, can. someone's catching the death on okay this foolishness, with man. Like, yo, trust me. <laughs> That's a back. Ain't no, there ain't no way. Yo. There ain't no way you're about to tell. Listen, 
I have a podcast. I've been on podcasts. I know yeah. that my voice is kind of like, eh. I don't have a very baritone voice. Yo, 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 like, yo. I'm not going to come through on the mic. Yeah, I don't sound like James Earl Jones, bro. Like, listen. <laughs> listen. It's fine. I, I'm comfortable with who I am and saying, but for someone, if someone ever in their lives told me that my voice was too weird for radio, <laughs> just know <laughs> the Jamaican Indian Apache that. I'm coming through in like a half hour, guy. If I have to, yo, if I have to take like a good two bucks, yo, yo, bus out a good two bucks on the 401, guy. A bus a good 200 on the 401 and just come through. Yeah, they need a one good tub, one good pump, you know? One good pump. One. Like, yo, just one. Yo, just one. like, Listen, yo, I'll, I'll let you pick out your own, I'll let you pick out your own weapon of destruction. It's like, yo, it's either a golf club, a steel chair, a steel pipe, a fire extinguisher. Like, yo, dog, if you want to catch the hands, like, let's go. No, yeah, Dave, let's talk oh, about this. Uh, listeners, we will be dubbing out that 30 seconds. No. Let's talk <laughs> about this. You kind of you violent. Let's unpack that, sir. What's going on? I really do. <laughs> like, I expected that out of Greece, not you. So, like, I'm very protective of my friends and very protective of people who not only look like me. But also, like I'm loyal to I'm loyal to a fault. So it's like, yo, if you mess with me, or if you mess with my family, like, yo, you, you like you thought you you thought you you knew what the Grim Reaper was like, yo, like I'm the hitman. I'm the hitman when it comes to the Grim Reaper. Wow! 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 <laughs> wow! 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 But oh boy, this guy can is any day. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, like, yeah. yo, I mean, I'm That's dark. No pun intended, shit. really. That's but like, 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 I like, I'm down for my crown when it comes to my friends, man. And like, yo, y'all, y'all are y'all are the homies. So it's like, if one, if somebody messes with you, it's like, yo, dog, Grim Reaper will be like, yo, here's your next mission. Here you go, bam. Yeah. Yeah, see the can the cancer the cancer sign in me is just like yeah. See, this is why I don't tell people my problems. I don't need nobody going to jail on my behalf. That that's some mess up. That's why I just like yo, I'll just hug that or deal with it myself. You will never know. You will never you'll you'll find out like probably like five years later that I dealt with something that was like really messed up. But on on that kind of tip, absolutely not. You'll ne- oh not a, not a, not a oh my god. Not a I ain't telling the Scorpio nothing yeah, about yes. the issue where they can <laughs> fight somebody. What? That's crazy. But yes, thank oh you my God. for that. Uh, for that, for that. Yo, <laughs> to all the listeners listening <laughs> about crazy. this, like, I'm very sorry. That, that's the realest. That's the realest part of me that's ever come out publicly. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, to be about. fair, most people don't know that real side of me. So it's like. That's the absolute realest part of me that's ever come out in public. So if it scares if it scares the living daylight out of you, I apologize in advance for that, man. I've never let anybody. What my what my man Cat Williams say? Don't be sorry. Be careful. Don't be sorry. <laughs> Don't be careful. Fair, fair point. Fair point. Uh, I I wanted to shift the conversation a little bit now that uh, 
we've learned about Avery's background and just kind of how important voices like him and ourselves are to the culture a little bit here, especially with hockey. Um, I know he's a Oilers hockey guy. I, I wanted to get your take on what you think Edmonton did this offseason to get better. What is the season outlook looking like for you guys and what are the expectations? You, get, you guys have the narrative running where it's Leon Dreisaitl, it's Connor McDavid, and it's who the hell is everybody else? And how the hell are they going to support those two players? Now, hold on now. Put some respect on Riley Zulatkin's <laughs> name. Don't be bad. You're talking to a Leafs fan, bro. JT's my second line center. Put some respect on Ryan Newton Hopkins. But you know what? Edmonton, they've um they've made some moves. They brought they brought in um Dominic Cahoon. They brought in Kyle Turris to help out with scoring. You know, this is a team in which I think now you've got an Oilers team which is has three proven on all four lines. They also brought in some help on the back end with Slater Cuckoo, a stay-at-home defenseman. You know, he's not going to get you much in scoring, but he's going to be a great stay-at-home defender. This is a team that realized, listen, defensively, in that last postseason run, they struggled. They struggled against Chicago, a team that if we didn't expand the playoffs, Chicago wouldn't even be here. They wouldn't have. They were a 71-point team. And one of the big things that they exploited against the Oilers was uh, the backdoor pass where the puck would go in front of the netminder, and there would be no one around Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane or Dominic Kulebeck, and it would expose the goaltenders, Mike Smith and Mikko Koskin, to be by themselves. That was a big thing that exposed the Oilers. They helped out on the, on the back end there. But also, I think Edmonton has to look at the fact that when it comes to their goaltenders, they have to lean heavily on Miko Koskinen. They can't have a stretch where they go to Mike Smith, who many years ago was a great goaltender when it came to being like a third defenseman with puck handling abilities. But he isn't that goalie now. He isn't that goalie. He shouldn't have played in game one against Chicago. It's going to be a lot of Miko Koskinen in net for the Oilers. And if, if they can ride him, and if this and the new additions can help out those big three in Edmonton, I think they will be a threat to win the North Division. That's absolutely fair. That's fair. That's very fair. And when you have the when you have the best player in the world too, mm-hmm. he's a future Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> All eyes on him. So see, okay, and that's the thing. Now I now I want to step into that because look, the Raptors dealt with it with Kawhi. The uh, the the Milwaukee Bucks had to deal with it with Giannis until he resigned. So, how are Edmonton Oilers fans kind of feeling about you know Connor McDavid beyond the cusp of like you know potentially leaving? Is there angst? Is there like no worries at all? Is it something that's just like uh, um, one of those things where you just kind of shuffle it shuffle it to the side and worry about it when you worry about it? What what's the what's the temperature like in Edmonton? Not literally, but... Like, <laughs> you know, all jokes aside, it has been... People have, you know, flowed the idea of is Connor getting fed up of not getting to um, the conference finals or cup final because when you compare him to other guys like a Sidney Crosby or an Alex Ovechkin, sure, those teams had their struggles, but they didn't regress. They didn't take, didn't take steps backwards in the rebuild. They always improved as each season went on. The Orioles have been very... Stop, start, stop, start in the tenure of Connor, um, Connor McDavid. So it's been discussed. People have, you know, worried, oh, he's going to leave when his contract comes up. But from what he said publicly, he wants to win here. He likes the city. He wants to play here. So I think 
really right now, I don't think personally, if I were to talk to his camp, I don't think right now there's any real concern about him leaving. But it's been discussed because, you know, if you're a young guy, if you're 24 years old, you don't want to go into the year where you're battling for a lottery pick. You want to be eventually in a place where you're battling to win a division and you're battling to win Lord Stanley's Cup. Right. right. Uh, do, you, do you see the Oilers having um, any unsung or unspoken about guys right now that could potentially step up? I know guys like a Kyle Turris is looking to – kind of get his career back on track, especially with everything that went down with the Predators and whatnot. But who are a couple names of guys that we might not be talking about now, whether they're the young guys like what, Yamamoto and whatnot, uh, to even a Kyle Turris that could be uh, a, a big spark plug for what the Oilers want to do this year? I would say one of the guys you need right there is Killer Yamamoto. He is someone who last year had a great season. You know, when he played 27 games in regular season, put up 26 points. He is someone, and Killer, he is probably the smallest guy on the ice, but he knows how to get to the net. He has scoring ability. He came out of junior as a high scorer in Spokane. He had 42 goals his last full year with Spokane chasing WHL. He is someone who's taken that extra step as an NHLer, but also Yessi Pugliarvi who was, you know, a draft pick in 2016. He went in the same draft as Austin Matthews. He had a falling out with the Oilers, old management team. He said he wouldn't play again the Oilers. He took last year off to play in Finland. And he had a great um, year in Finland last year, earlier this year. You know, things are made up. Everybody, you know, got back together again. Things are good again. And he bulked up. He's given proof playing in Finland. And... Uh, Yessi, who, you know, is probably a little, little bit more mature, new management group. I want to see what he can do in that Oilers top six as, as a refreshed player in North American hockey. I was a big fan of his uh, dating back to his under-18s and then the World Juniors. I think did Finland win it that year as well. Um, the conversation between him and Line was always, all right, Line is a scorer. Pugli, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi is a line driver. A lot mm-hmm. of skill, a lot of speed. He's big can really drive the play a little bit, maybe more so than Line A, but Line has that God-given, I'm going to score from anywhere on the ice. So that was just its own consensus top three in that draft. The Austin Matthews draft, you had Austin a little bit ahead of these guys, and then it was just a clear-cut 2A, 2B. And then I was surprised when Columbus took, uh, I think, that Luke Pierre-Luc Dubois over him, and he yeah. fell to four, and I was like, it's just not a good idea. But the fallout with management and whatnot and never really got a – clear look in the NHL where he's playing top six forward minutes um, and power play time consistently. They kind of played around with his development. So it's good to see that from the way that you're discussing him, that his head is on straight a little bit. He's feeling a little more calm and trusting of management because it looked like they're about to trade him for, you know, uh, nickels on the dollar here. No, it wasn't good. And they were, and they were constantly calling up and down, not playing him. And my thing was like, my thing was always, I said publicly, you're going to ruin this kid the way you're handling him. So I felt, you know what, when he said he was mad, like I didn't blame, I didn't blame him whatsoever. I was totally on his side because he was being jerked around by management and I didn't like it at all one bit. I couldn't stand the way they're treating this kid before he left for Finland. How, how about on the back end? Yeah, you guys, you have, you know, kind of a, like a, a rotating spit over there with like the mm-hmm. Ethan Bears of the world and whatnot. Uh, what's the stability looking like with the Oilers back end? Uh, who do you think is going to come out as the top six going in and uh, any surprise names that we could potentially look that will come Ooh. in and out of the lineup? 
You know, it appears that the top pairing will be Darnell Nurse and Ethan Bear. The all POC line, all person color um, pairing, which I love. I think those two are going to have hopefully a great a year. I, think, I hope Darnell's a bounce back here. I know he struggled against Chicago. Ethan Bear, he has been someone who's taken the strides and steps up as a NHL defenseman. I think he's going to be a. I think from the back end, he's going to lead. I think he's going to lead defenseman for points. That's my take. Ethan Bear will do that, and also Caleb Jones, Adam Larson. I think will be another stable pairing for this team. I guess the one question mark will be Chris Russell, someone who for a long time Oilers had as a top D-man when he showed that he wasn't that guy. He was miscast in a top-pairing guy. He didn't play that in his later years in Dallas. They put him on that role in Edmonton with a no-trade clause, which many of us didn't get. But now he's playing on a pairing with Tyson Berry to start the year, and that'll be a third pairing, which I feel is much safer to put him on than opposed to the top pair where she can be exposed, which he was quite a bit in the past couple of years, guys. So what does that mean for Evan Bouchard? I know high draft pick, you know, the draft pedigree comes with it. Really good prospect. Damn near dominant at most levels he's been in. He got that early taste in the NHL, I believe, last yeah. year. I think he yeah. got a few games. Uh, what happens with this logjam? There's a little bit of investment with Tyson Berry. He's going to get easier matchups. A little mm. bit miscast with the Leafs as being a top four guy that could play a little against all competition and – that necessarily didn't serve him well and serve the team well, but was solid in his power play role. What's up with him? And then what's up with Evan Bouchard, who uh, we're looking at as a potential future top pairing defenseman with the Oilers? Uh, you know, start with Tyson Berry. You guys are, you know, it's right. It wasn't a fit with him in Toronto. That was just an off year because we've seen him before. I saw him before in Colorado. He was great in the power play in 2017, 18, 2018, 19. He was one of the captains of the power play in Colorado. I believe he can get that back. Because if you're on a power play unit with um, Connor, Drysaddle, Yamamoto, you're going to get your points on the on amount advantage. You're going to find it. You're going to get that done somehow on a power play. And Evan Bouchard, he has now created a very, very tough decision for Ken Holland going into the season because they sent him over to Europe um, to start the year. He played in the top division in Sweden. And he put up 17 points in 23 games. I know it's, I know it's not NHL, it's European hockey, but it's still professional hockey. He had a great start there in Sweden. Last year in the AHL, he had 36 points. So he's proving he can play in the professional level. So I think he'll I think keep him around. I think he will be a part of the taxi squad start the year. And I think he'll be looking at things like, what do we do with this kid if someone on that third pairing struggles at first. So I think it'll be a wait-and-see thing for him, but I think he's definitely going to be a part of this team. Maybe watching the press box start off with for the first couple of games, but we'll see how things shake up because things a lot of things mm. can change even in a shortened season, guys. My final question regarding the Oilers, what's the expectation here? Is it kind of like where Leafs fans set the expectation as a cup or bust, or is there a little bit of um, – an understanding or a compassion if it's conference finals or a second round, just because of the way um, it real talk, Reese, you kind of stole my question on that one. Year. So I got to come up with something else. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, you know, I don't think it's cover bust, but I think it's definitely at least get to conference finals. I think that is a goal with this team right now, get to a conference finals. I mean, it'll be nice to win the division. That would be nice to get on your head tops, win the, the North division. 
But I think, you know, hey, you can still do that as the number three seed or number four seed in that division. But I think definitely you at least want to get to the conference finals. That's the expectation that, you know, you want to see in this team. Missing the, missing the postseason? Unacceptable. Unacceptable. It's got to be, I believe, conference finals or or a second round close series. But that's the minimum right now for this team. A close second round loss, conference finals. But you can't be in there one and done or at the bottom of the division this year. It can't be happening. Ha- ha- <laughs> so you guys really are the Milwaukee Bucks. Hilarious. Speaking of the North Division, um, are there any other teams that shock you, that either shock and amaze you or like could make some noise in, uh, make some noise this season outside of Edmonton and Toronto, in your opinion? I think Vancouver. I think the Canucks going to be a team that's going to shock some people. I think they're going to finish third in the, in the division. The Vancouver Canucks have proven with guys like Thatcher Demko, Elias Pettersson, uh, JT Miller. That was a team that pushed the Vegas Golden Knights to the brink last year in the postseason. That is a team that had a never say that attitude. The young guys stepped up in that roster. And I think Vancouver is going to be a team that's going to come for some necks in the, in the division, guys. It's hilarious because I had, I, had um, I don't know if you um listen to our uh, our season preview episodes of you know just kind of predicting the division and I had the Canucks up high. There we go. Like look and I'm not even a hockey guy but just like <laughs> kind of going off of going off of like you know kind of last year and just like you know just how um you know momentum kind of fa- uh fares yeah. in sports. I'm like you know what the Canucks, Oilers mm. and Toronto like those are going to be like the three uh, I have Calgary up there as well, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be something. Definitely yeah, something. But I, I'm I'm still fairly very novice to this, so I'm not gonna inquire too much input because I don't really have all that knowledge yet. Well, um, there is one other question I did have for you. Um, outside of the East, yeah. outside of the North Division. Uh, what other teams do you do you feel like could make some no- make some headway in each division? Like for example, start off with the East because the East is practically the NHL's group of death this year. Of course, you have six Eastern Conference powerhouses with Boston, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Washington, uh, the Islanders, and the Rangers. And then, of course, you have bringing up the rear and like a very very distant seventh and eighth spot would be the Buffalo Sabers and the New Jersey Devils. Who do you see coming out of that? Who do you see coming out of that division alone? Uh, those divisions. Uh, hmm. I will start with the Central, and you know what? I will actually go with the Dallas Stars. I think Dallas will be a team that, again that will make some noise. We saw them go to the Cup final, and you know I don't think most people saw them going that far. But hey, you cannot count out what they saw in the bubble last year with uh, Sagan, Joel Kovaranta. Anton Kadobin, that's a team that's proven that they can still find a way to get it done no matter how banged up they are. I like them a lot, but I think it's going to be a battle between the Stars and the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes. It's a bunch of jerks. That's going to be a, a battle between those two, in my mind. Um, t- I don't know. like you know, I, I want to say Tampa, but I just don't know because that's a team where they just put one of the guys, Tyler Johnson, in waivers. Nikita Kucherov is going on long-term injury reserve, and I just don't see Tampa getting back to what they were last year. I'm sure probably some Lightning fans saying, what the hell? But no, I think that's the division between Dallas and uh, Columbus. Uh, the East, the East, I've just, <laughs> just going to be pure defas the entire time. That's going to be a 
nuts between Washington, uh, Philly, the Islanders. But I'm going to go with that. Ooh, I'm going to go coming out of the East. Oof. Oh, let me go. Let me go with the Capitals. Let me go Washington, OV, come out of that division. I think Washington is going to come out of that division. But what does suck is that they don't have Henrik Lundqvist, who they had signed. He's going to be missing the year due to the heart condition. Mm-hmm. He had surgery on it, I believe, a couple of weeks ago. That does suck to see him. I, I you know I love King Henrik. I've been a big fan of him. I know he. I love, love watching him the Rangers. <laughs> love the man's fashion sense. You know, those slim fit suits look good on him. You know, you can pull it off. You know, yeah, Swedes want to dress. The Swedish people can dress. So, <laughs> but I think I think that division is going to be the Washington Capitals still emerge of that one. And, and for the West, I think the West is what's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights. That is a team that from, from day one, I have been in the Golden Knights corner, seeing what they have done. They have shattered all expectations as to what an expansion team is supposed to be in all North American professional sports. Expansion team is supposed to come out the gate winning a division, putting up 90-plus points going to the championship series. doesn't work like that. But they're the team. They still have their ten, their goalie tandem of Leonard and Fleury. They still got Max, Max Pacioretty. That is, it's still William Carlson. I still don't see anyone really slowing down Vegas in the Western Jeez. Division, guys. Well, you all heard it here first. Um, we got Avery's predictions here. We got coming out of the North. We have Edmonton. Um, coming out of the East, you have Washington. You have the Washington Capitals, who just added themselves to Daniel Char- Chara a few weeks ago. Um, in the central, you yeah. have the either the bunch of jerks or the really old Dallas Stars. Um, it's a real toss up between one of those two, and we did really state that in our uh, season preview episode. Of course, some of us felt that Tampa would end up being the ones to uh, take take that division all over again. But then again, hockey is a very fickle thing, and anything can turn on a dime just yeah. just by like say within like say an inch. Right, so you never know what could happen, and of course, with the West, uh, every everybody's favorite team, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Although I would like to differ and say that Colorado kind of has kind of has a claim to the whole thing because, like Nathan McKinnon, is one of the deadliest players I've ever seen. And to be honest with you, like it's really, yeah, it's really their division to lose. So it's like technically, if it's like if it's not Vegas or Colorado in the top two, it's like it's gonna be a really really rough go at things for uh, during during playoff time. All right, so Pretty now bad. that we're done with uh, the bo- the most boring questions, uh, we're going to go through a little bit of a speed round here just to have some fun here. Uh we're, we're going to call this call, we're going to call this segment uh All right. make sure you know yourself and uh how how we do it is this. We're just going to ask you a whole bunch of personal questions. We're also going to ask you a few <laughs> hockey questions. We're also going to test your hockey knowledge here. Um we can go for as long as you want to. Um, you ready? All right. So yeah, each one I'm of us ready. is going to yeah. just take a real quick question here. And, uh, well, I'll ask you a few. Jordan will ask you a few. Reese will ask you a few. And then we'll go from there, okay? All right. First things first. Uh, yeah, cowboy good. boots or Air Force Ones? <laughs> 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 What? Yo, yo, trust me. Those trust me. It, it's fine. That's why I said it. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't in the notes. That wasn't in the notes. That wasn't in the notes. 
you know, legal um, Air Force Ones. What what's 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 a more appealing position to you? Center, right wing, left wing, defense, or goalie? More appealing. Oh, you know what? Someone says so, but I think I I will mm. go defenseman. I would go defense because you know what? Hey, I grew up watching Steve. I grew up watching <laughs> Scott Stevens mash man's out. I love the ladies my own just a crushing hit. So I would love to be a demon. Not wrong. Favorite special. team outside of uh, favorite team outside of Canada. Outside of Canada, it's gotta be Vegas Golden Knights. It's gotta be Vegas. That is a market that knows. That is a market that's embraced hockey. It's it's fun. I went to a game last season. They got DJs outside every single game. There was a parade to the rink every game in Vegas. A, a parade, full parade, guys. You gotta All go right. to see a Yo, game in we'll uh, probably T-Mobile. Squat up it's and fun. probably go see the Leafs in Vegas though. Um. Let's see, biggest biggest rival or biggest rival that uh, Oilers have in your opinion, all time, right now or all time? Both go with both. There's a few teams all time. Mm -hmm. Right now it's Calgary, but I would say if you're talking to me as a 27 year old, when when Edmonton Calgary didn't matter personally to me, it was Edmonton Dallas. That was more rivalry than Edmonton Calgary. I was growing up. Yo, the Stars and Oilers didn't like each other at all. It was always hard-fought, five, six, seven-game series. So, personally, to me, it's Edmonton Dallas for right now. Edmonton Calgary, that's going to be nuts for ten games. You, know what? Are you I crazy feel you on that one? Uh, let's see. Favorite playoff moment as an Oilers fan? Favorite playoff moment as an Oilers fan? That's got to be uh, Fernando Pisani. Game five overtime winner in 06. Orlov's got to win it. Got to win to keep the series going. Pazani steals a pass from Andrew Ladd, goes in on Cam Ward, scores, sends the game to game six. I jumped up in my grandparents' living room. Yo, it was pandemonium watching Orlov win that series in the cup final. You know what? I was actually hoping final. you would know about that too. So, yo, you kind of just killed two birds with one stone. All right. Um, my last question is uh, <laughs> this is always a favorite of mine. Oxtail or jerk chicken? Jerk chicken? Jerk chicken. All right. Jerk All right. There you go. All right. There you go. Out Jordan or Reese, you would you like to take the floor? I have one question. It's probably it's probably gonna mess you up, but I just thought of it. <laughs> oh jeez. Hey, would you rather Connor McDavid play out the rest of his career in Edmonton? Ooh. And not win any championships, <laughs> or rather him go to Toronto and win a cup. <laughs> wow. That's the kind of that's the kind of guy I am, you know what I'm saying? The Murdoch like, in this podcast is real. Love, that's a great question. Yo, yo, I'm saying, yo, what, yo, yo. Connor's the man, yo, Connor the man damn, but I don't want to see <laughs> wow. winning a cup as a leaf. So I rise to win this. Damn. This guy this guy wants to turn him into into yo. damn Sean Reno. That's what, that's what I was to. Yo. <laughs> man wants to turn into Jerome McGinley, man. Give that man a ring. <laughs> He's an Edmonton too. He's an Edmonton man too, Jerome. So you know what a black person there? Jerome McGinley. <laughs> okay, so I don't know him. Like, we, we don't know him. We don't know him. <laughs> Canadian. Canadian. I'm not. 
All right, I got some questions. Uh, All, right. All right, let me start this off. Uh, better Ooh. runner, Michael Vick <laughs> or Lamar Jackson? Wow, that's a tough one. I'm Oh my gosh, Lamar or Michael Vick? You know, I oh, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with Lamar because he rushed for over 1,000 yards twice. Michael did it one time. Lamar went back-to-back, rushing 1,000 yards as a quarterback with over 20 touchdown passes. And Lamar knows the playbook. Remember, Michael Vick did all that and said he didn't read Jeez. his playbook. So, <laughs> Okay, he asked who was a better runner, not who was a better quarterback. Okay, yeah, there was Lamar. Lamar went for 1,000 yards back Lamar's better yeah. running. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Vic's arm, disgusting. Disgusting root. Yeah. I the reason why I would go with the reason why I would go with Vic is because Vic has had some mm-hmm. ridiculously elusive runs that True. like, you know, I know Lamar can do, but he hasn't done yet. Like he can run, he can leave everyone in the dust. But the elusiveness, like, it was like watching Barry Sanders mm-hmm. yeah. at, at quarterback. You know what I'd I'm saying? I'd also say this, and I've grappled with the conversation. The one thing is Michael Vick has never got to play in pass-friendly, offensive-friendly offenses like they have yep. today where they True. implemented spread. At first, they started implementing some of these spread concepts, quarterback run concepts because of Michael Vick. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. Michael Vick's running is – all right, I'm dropping back, but I play for the Falcons. No one's going to get open. Let me take this to the crib, you know, versus here's designed runs for yeah, you. Designed right? runs. That's going to have to run for his damn life. Hey, no, hey, you know what? You know what? I give credit, credit, credit to Dan Reeves for not telling that boy to pass the ball. Dan Reeves knew that boy was going to run. Let him run. Dan Reeves let that man run. <laughs> hey, yo, shout out hey. to Dan Reeves for real. That's a good coach. All right, uh, next question I have for you. Connor McDavid wins a cup, but then still leaves for Toronto, or Connor McDavid stays an Oiler for life, no cups. You know, hey, if he wins here and then leaves, all right, all right, go home. You want to go home, hey? You know what? It's your time, coming. You know, you won really a cup, you got the job done. By all means, I'm, I'm, well, I would have no issues with him, you know, leaving and winning a cup in TO or going if he wins a cup here. None at all. <laughs> I, okay, so here, so I have a follow up to that, and it's kind of related. So. Do you think that the people of Edmonton will hate on Connor after he leaves, even though he won y'all a cup? Oh, like like how Raptors fans hate on Kawhi? Oh, of course, there's always gonna be some. Yo, you there's some people here you you cannot satisfy. You, you can never happy Connor. Yo, it always could win four cups in a row. And if he goes to Toronto, it's still gonna be oh, who are you going to play for the Maple Leafs? <laughs> yo, Maple like- what? Yo, like, well, I'm sorry, run that back to Toronto. What? Outside of Toronto, Bear people have always called our, our, our team the Make Me Laughs or the Toronto Maple Losers. And it is a recurring theme. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, seen it's that a, all over like HF boards and stuff. Yo, Damn, no, that's, that's, that's worse than like, the crafters. It is, there's some deep seated <laughs> hatred when it comes to the Leafs, especially outside of like, especially outside of the GTA. And like, most. Honestly, that's just because people <laughs> hate Toronto because they're all wow. Wow. <laughs> not wrong. Not wrong, though. Uh-oh. Yo, there's a whole country that's 
Fam, y'all broke. We have the baddest women. We have the best food. We have the best entertainment. We have the Raptors. Yeah, mad. Y'all mad. Stay mad. Y'all broke. Dang. What y'all got? Oil and prairie. Flatland. I get that here. Give this much. I'll give it Toronto. One thing about Toronto Edmonton, you can't find a roti spot at one in the morning Edmonton. You can't do that. Y'all need a 24 hour roti joint out there still. Jesus. Jesus. I've been to Edmonton, man. Like, yo, let me tell you something, man. The only good thing y'all have is West Edmonton Mall and formerly you know, uh, formerly Rexall Place. Now that you have Rogers Place, y'all have nothing except the West Edmonton Mall. Yo, yo, Rexall, yo, Rexall was in the worst part of town, B. Rex, yo, you, yo, if you were around Rexall and there wasn't a game going on, you were there to do some madness. You were there to do some illegal if you were in that part of town and there was no game going on. Exactly. Wow, that, were, that sounds like Rexdale. <laughs> yo, shout out to Rexdale one time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, shout out to the Rex one time. So, okay, so okay, so. I, ha- I have to ask this question. How do black people thrive in mm-hmm. Edmonton since we're on the subject? Like, what, what y'all are there other, other than throwing stones, how do black people throw? Oh, years ago, years ago, there were jobs in Edmonton that it opened up to allow more immigration to the city because literally um, immigrants were being told, hey, um, Ontario's full, Quebec's full, go to Alberta. They're actually being told, like, you know, they, like, you know, the, the jobs are now in Alberta. So you saw a massive migration of immigrants to the Prairie Provinces um, quite a while ago. And they found work. They would be able to find jobs in different sectors of the province. So you saw that massive wave of West Indians, of African people mm. coming over the province and Edmonton. Okay, so what do y'all do for fun? Like, what do, what are you doing? Like, I know that like, we have Carabana and and thing like that. Like, y'all y'all got festivals, y'all got carnival. Oh like, yeah, we, we we got a carnival. We got a carnival. We got uh, the part of town here called White <laughs> Avenue, which is like their hipster district. You'll see a lot of the dancers. Like, yo, they're laughing at y'all. Yo, what y'all talking about? Yo, White Avenue. Shit. That's hilarious. Like, you know, it's so funny because all the black people, all the black people's entertainment is on White Avenue. <laughs> Insert Dr. Umar Johnson here. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Your pardon. No, don't be telling me Dr. Umar. Don't send him my way. <laughs> Yo, I like a but not do it. This, you seen him in my dreams. But not do it. This, you hear real spirit. Yo, no, but continue. So, okay, so on White Avenue, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of festivals that happen in that part of town. There's um the Fringe Festival. There's um a festival called the Street Performers, where you see a lot of um uh like like um uh, Cirque events happen down there, and also our downtown core by the arena. Uh, which is called the Ice District, you've got a lot of restaurants, you've got a lot of um, shops opening up there, a lot of pubs, so it's turning into our little um, district by the arena. Sim- it's, trying, mm. it's trying to be similar to, like, Maple Leaf Square, right. in a way. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So y'all don't have, like, a, a like a, a little Jamaica or something like that, or just, like, where, like, all black people just congregate 
<laughs> there is a little Somalia. There is that, but it's very Jeez. small, Edmonton. It's very small. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got an uncle in Edmonton. Yo, maybe you should I fix that still. Because, like, like, yo, we're all, we're all going to need a spot to come through. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. 20 years? Or uncle. Like, 20 years? That's a dead thing. Yeah, that's, that's a dead thing. Yeah, like. <laughs> all right, fair enough. He, he's in Edmonton. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> hey, how's Edmonton? Shit. All right. This me? is our last question to you. And uh, after that, like, we'll kind of call it a day. Uh, how do you feel uh, as an Edmonton, like uh, as an Edmonton, as an Edmonton man's? Let's be honest here. How do you feel about the Le- How do you feel about the Leafs? And be objective here. Uh be objective. All right, I'll say this much: the Leafs are going to be a playoff team. If you don't think that, you're nuts. They do have a good core right now. The young core of Nylander, Matthews, Marner is going to thrive. And you add veterans like Joe Thornton, yeah. like the man named Wayne Simmons. This is going to be a team that will make some noise. Toronto is going to be a good team in that North Division. They're going to impress a lot of people. And hey, I think this is going to be a year in which Austin Matthews really solidifies himself as a face of the Toronto um, Maple Leafs. Of course, John Tavares, we also got Tavares right. well, too. Well, you Austin, know what? So. It's nice to hear somebody from Western Canada actually show, uh, give us our flowers here. So, straight up... Um, we appreciate that. And on that note, um, we'd like to say thank you very much for coming through. Uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully, you know, you'll come yes, back to us of course. Uh, like just as a guest on our show. Who knows? Maybe we'll have you as a recurring regular. You never know. But um, Real Talks, thank you for coming through. And hopefully it ain't too cold out in Edmonton. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, hey, we're surviving. It's not minus 40. It was a blast talking to you guys. I love the podcast. Keep it up. We need more black people. We need more people of color Thank in the hockey very, movie very game. Much, love man. this show. Thanks, yeah. bro. Appreciate All right, man. So Avery, much, Avery, just uh, blast us up to your followers and everything. And uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can uh, interact with uh, Western Canada as well as, say, some of your other followers as well. And on that note, uh, we'd like to say thank you very much for listening, uh, giving us a listen today. Of course, I did sound a little bit nervous, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, um, like to ta- like to once again thank Avery for coming through. Hopefully, you'll come back on another episode. Uh, Jordan Reese, of course, it's always a pleasure to do work with, uh, do some business with you guys. And we want to thank you, the listener, for taking a good, say, hour and thirteen minutes out of your day to give us a listen. Uh, like I said, you can give us a follow on Twitter and on Instagram. The account is called at third INTTO. You can also listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have noticed that we have hit 100 followers on Twitter, so we might do a little something for you in our next episode. So stay tuned. But other than that, thank you very much for listening to us, and uh, until next time, deuces. <laughs>